Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. Okay, hi everybody again, it's Marisa, um, and we are coming to you from a location in Tempe. <laughs> I asked my next guest, um, and I'll let her introduce herself, to meet up with me after we had some good Mexican food, and so right now we're at um, Los Reyes de la Torta, it's a restaurant, Mexican restaurant here in Tempe, if you haven't come down, come and check it out, they have really good Mexico City Mexican food. So if you hear some music in the background, some chattering, it's because we're actually in the restaurant recording. Um, so it should be a, a lively conversation. So with that, I wanted to take this time to thank um, my next guest, Elena, and I'll let her do a little formal introduction of herself, uh, her background. And just to give everybody a little bit of background of how I connected with Elena. So my work with Dr. Garcia with Isela and Alessi Group actually connects me with Elena. I was asking Dr. Garcia for some suggestions on some guests for my podcast, and I specifically wanted to talk about special ed uh, in early childhood. And the person that came up uh, to, to her mind, to Isela's mind, was Elena, which says a lot. It says a lot because she's like, you, you have to talk to Elena. Her work is phenomenal. Just uh, the way that she is with her students and how intentional she has her classroom laid out and just the leadership uh, piece as well. So I know that she's done some trainings with, with uh, your program as well. So um, that was my connection with her. And finally, after several times of rescheduling, we were able to meet up. So welcome, Elena. Thank you so much for that nice introduction, Marie. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Honestly, yes. So, talk to us about where where you're at right now. Tell us, tell our audience where you're working at. Okay, so, my name is uh, Elena Strada, and I am right now working uh, at a preschool uh, within the um, Isaac School District. Are you guys still open right now, or do you do school age program in the summertime? Because right now we're talking to you. So we run uh, our programs through the academic calendar year, uh, August through May, to be able to provide uh, full-time and part-time opportunities for preschool programs for all preschoolers, ages three to five. Are you going to have a classroom this next academic year? I am. I am going to have a a half-day session. It's a class that meets three hours a week, four days a week. And it's just, tell us about that classroom. What is it specifically that's different than the other ones? Main uh, focus of our uh, have a program that is called Developmental Preschool Programs, and those programs um, are self-contained classrooms that is comprised of one special education teacher with one and or two assistants to be able to pro- work on individualized uh, instruction or specialized instruction for those students that are uh, have developmental delays. Okay, now for our audience that 
need some more orientation about what that looks like. If there's a parent out there that maybe has some concerns about their preschool child, where do they start? How does that even begin to get into a preschool program like yours? Well, that actually starts with a program that's called Child Find. So each local school district has a, um, a program called Child Find that starts from as early as two years, six months, all the way up until the age of 22. So if you have a concern about preschool child or even your elementary student, um, we can go through the process of what we call uh, Child Find. It offers a free diagnostic screening as your first step to be able to determine whether or not your child needs a full evaluation to see whether or not they qualify or meet eligibility requirements for special education services. When a child qualifies for that program, mm-hmm. let's say they go into your classroom, does the parent also receive some additional support? We're trying. There's lots of different programs. I've been investigating a lot of different districts that have what they call uh, parent universities is what they call them, yeah. that they do offer. Raising Arizona Special Kids has a series of programs for those Student families that are uh, either they have a newly identified child with a medical diagnosis of some sort, and even maybe just a, a classes that offer familiarizing the parent with IEPs. So, in my particular district, we have started um, with a colleague of mine. Um, we started off with baby steps in providing preschool service or preschool actual classes for actual parents. Um, one of them, our very first one, was just kind of keeping yourself organized in special education. Um, and uh, I used my uh, my son and my experiences with him when he first started off as uh, kind of like uh, a framework because I didn't know where to go, what to do, where to start. Um, and so this, my first intro class was introduced in uh, introduction to special education 101 and organizing yourself. And then I offered my son as a guest speaker to be able to talk a little bit about his story and share his story. Our second uh, workshop uh, that we just had that we developed is uh, classrooms, routines, and schedules because then we felt that would be the next step to be able to uh, work with uh, families and being able to have that like kind of safety net. And the third series that I just developed right now is oral language development and storytelling. So that is my third workshop now that I've, I'm finishing uh, working on. I just presented it to some of the teachers in my district. Um, and so hopefully next year I'm going to be able to present it to a lot of our parents within the district. And I was looking at offering it to writing up the proposals to see if I can sell it to other conferences maybe and, and working on that piece. So because just even if you don't work in the uh, developmental preschool, the information provided is going to support, I think, all children that maybe have some some struggles that perhaps, I know for myself, uh, my background was working with children in crisis care, and there was a lot of some certain type of um, regression that would happen also, as, as a lot of times happens when children are exposed to trauma. Um, so, but I... The more information I think that we can arm ourselves as parents or as practitioners, the better. I truly agree with that. I think my biggest, um, I've seen so many families come in and out of our preschool program. And there has, um, everyone has always stated, oh, well, 
this district needs to do this and this district needs to do that. Well, I think the, I still believe in, you know, it takes a community yes. to be able to, so I want to be able to partner with the parents and I want to empower them, you know, to be able to help give them a foundation, but where do they start? So that's why we decided to put on the series to see how it goes and be able to empower them. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Like I said, um, my son is kind of being voluntold <laughs> to do certain, to, to do certain things, but it, it helps him. And just for those listeners that know, I have a, a young adult, a young man, he's 21 years of age. Um, he was a super senior um, and he was diagnosed with autism when he was about two and a half uh, years of age. So not only does this, uh, I try real hard to, you know, um, do what I can to help support him and help support other families, especially those that are just really don't know where to go, you know, and they seem kind of, you know, just seem to be asking for that assistance and where do they need to go. So do you remember, so give us a little bit more about your background. How did you start in the teaching field? How did you start in early childhood? Actually, I, I was doing the unthinkable. I was in high school. I was a sophomore and I went to uh, what was at one time called Mesa Votech. It is now called EVIT in the Mesa School District. And um, I partnered with a teacher, and her name was um, Mrs. Wick, and she was responsible for the uh, early childhood education tier. And I went and I volunteered uh, and started doing my classes there in the developmental preschool program. And I just came up with a series of cause and effect uh toys for the kids uh, as a part of my lesson plans. Um, the teachers thought it was amazing and the kids loved it. And so um, it caused a reaction out of the kids and I just fell in love from there. And then um, not only did I, I, so I participated in all those, you know how they have the, I can't even remember it now, I'm so old. And the, <laughs> the FBLA uh, or the DECA programs, yes, yes, those type yeah. of programs that they have. So I was a part of the one for uh, home economics. I can't remember for the Ooh, name of it. Economics. It was home. I remember that? <laughs> exactly. And so um, my teacher was, you know, she was just like, you got to do something good. You got to do something different. And so my idea was just as simple as uh, taking everything that I had uh, and just making it bilingual. Yeah. And sure enough, that was like the cat's meow. And I won gold that year for the next two years in all those different areas. So, um, and that's where I started. But I originally, like I told you earlier, yeah. my intent was to go help uh, enjoy vacation, vacationers, uh, have, adults have free time while I was watching their kids on the cruise ship. That's amazing, so, yeah. So I totally took a different direction, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, yes. and I love it. 25 years in now. So, 25 now years in. That was going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. How long have you in the field, have you had different mentors along the way? Oh, extremely. From principals to colleagues to uh, current administrators now that I see as uh, not only just um, women, but, you know, minority women. Uh, I shouldn't say minority, I should say majority <laughs> women. Women of all different backgrounds to be able to uh, empower that. Uh, that have gotten their doctorate, that have, you know, done, um, offered classes, opened up their homes. I mean, just various, various different colleagues. So and would you say that's 
been a powerful piece having a mentor. Oh, it's been very, very powerful to be able to uh, help me, I guess, even just explore. Just I'm telling probably maybe never six years ago or seven years ago would I've ever thought of, of taking the time to develop these uh, programs, even just from some of the people that um, listen to me speak, they tell me, Hannah, you should really, you know, do something with that and, and develop a framework for it. And so that's where it got started. A city of Mesa uh, employee, as a matter of fact, uh, we were talking late one night and she was like, I want to start this piece. And I'm like, oh, funny. I've been wanting to start this piece and empower parents. And she's like, oh, when you do your first one, you know, let me know. And I want to, I want to host it for you and you'll, you can come and speak. And I'm like, okay. So I did. So, and that's where we are at today. That's awesome. So I'm looking for a particular tier. So, What do you think is the biggest misconception of your work with developmental preschool? Oh, the biggest misconception is, is that we're there to babysit. <laughs> that we're there to babysit. Every, um, we all, we have goals in mind for all the kids, whether they are developing typically or not typically. We want them to be self-assured. We want them to be confident. We want them to be, you know, teachers want the kids to be able to make those choices, um, be able to problem solve, develop that resiliency to be able to tackle the world, you know. So, yes. So, no, I am totally, uh, yes, that's one of the biggest misconceptions I would see. My classroom is no different than any other classroom environment. In fact, um, the kids have, you know, the same opportunities as others. Maybe we have to teach certain students to be able to uh, pick up toys a little bit more often. More time. (laughs) Exactly. And then introduce them to schedules a little bit longer. But it's no different. We want them to be able to sit at the table. We want them to be able to clean up after themselves. And we want them to be independent in every shape or form. So, and we want them to learn that they have a voice and with those, with those skills, you know, I'm there to help build that bridge and create that system, whether I do it with sign language or picture or language modeling. Um, I want to be able to empower them and let them know that their voice matters and, and, you know, they have power in their words. I always try to remind um, folks outside of early childhood that it's, it's not just um, caring for children and teaching them certain skills but we're teaching life skills. Exactly. We are. I'm not just preparing them for kindergarten. We're not just preparing them for straight. No, it's the, the full spectrum right. to the next level. These are foundational life skills. Yeah, making that connection, you know, with them, too, I think is so important. Um, there's some, I have students that want hugs every day. I have students that don't even want to be touched, and that's okay. Um, but um, I still want to be able to show them that find a way to connect with them so that way they could, you know, as a parent, I remember I was longing to wonder if my son was ever going to tell me that I, he loved me, you know, and so I want to be able to provide, you know, those opportunities. And it's very fulfilling when the parents come back and say, she said, mama, you know, and, and maybe that just took me, you know, developing a, a, a something as simple as a, a picture book, a social story, you know, with all the family members that were important and I was just reading it to them. And then I made a copy for the parent to read at home with them. And, you know, so the little boy picked up on who was mama and who was papa and who was sister and and their first names. So something as simple as that or uh, giving them a safe place where they can go and, you know, go cool off. Exactly. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. To be able to do that. How? Well, let me. I'm trying to think here. There's so many questions, but I know just in the interest of time. What are your summer goals right now? My summer goals. Um, well, first is to actually take a vacation. <laughs> that is my first summer goal because I work a lot uh, all year round, and I'm doing what I do. And I technically this this year is is a coming of age year for my oldest, and helping him get his life, uh, helping him guide him through what his next steps are now after high school. Um, so, for example, um, he has told me he wants to be an actor so I uh, in fact tonight we are going to a dance class uh, he's starting a dance class and he's going to do a camp and a bunch of different other opportunities for him to be able to organize himself uh, and then we're working on what his next steps are so that's my biggest focus this summer is for him and then next step uh, is to uh, we have a administration we're having a change in administration um, so I'm hoping to still uh, have the teachers feel safe in their environment um, so that way, uh, you know, they can we can continue on business as usual, that we're there for the kids, um, and then help ease that transition and help support them as we change administration from one site to another. So vacation for you, though, right? Vacation for me. At some point. <laughs> At some point in time. Okay, it's supposed to be this week, actually. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I'll, I'll leave it to your vacation after this. I just want to make sure our audience understands that there's the person behind the practice needs a break, and that's okay. And there's no judgment in that. No. We need breaks too. Everybody but does. A lot of times, summer times can be, or for myself, I know some of the uh, kindergarten teachers I'm working with, that's our busiest time for setting up our classrooms and preparing mm. ourselves for the next round of students. Funny you should mention that, yes. Um, so we all have sets of webinars that we're going through uh, for professional development to kind of see how we uh, can improve our skills. Um, and yes, all of us have been scanning, that, uh, whether it be NAUIC websites, um, the, using their Exchange Magazine yeah. to be able to gather new ideas. And in fact, I'm reading um, two books. One is, um, on top of it, is No More Letter of the Week. Oh, uh, so and the That'll other one, a whole new episode <laughs> of the week. Oh my god! Uh huh. And then the other one is um, falls in line uh, along with Dr. Isela's uh, being able to uh, teacher strengths and breaking habits. Mm. And then there's another uh, conference that I kind of want to go to. It's an online conference, cool. so I'm looking forward to it to be able to see how we can go about helping support uh, early childhood and what's the what's the latest out there. And then I have a ass- assistive technology. Uh, conference that I'm going to as well to help oh, make devices yes. for kids. Is here in Arizona? It is here yes, in Arizona. Yes, 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 yes. yes. To be that. able to make switches for some of my students that maybe uh, need a little bit more of a assistive technology type of device to be of, able I mean, to communicate. A lot of us can use that. How can we support your work? Um, knowing that we are your there for us uh, is huge. Um, getting out and voting for early childhood, um, making yourself aware as to what's really going on uh, in particular systems, um, knowing that uh, 
we are here to help make a connection not only with you as parents, but with your kids, and that we're here to work as a team together. So we are on your side. Yes, exactly, to help uh, with your student and to help empower them. So definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Elena. I really, really appreciate your time giving us a full just perspective on developing preschool and the need to be aware of how that works. It is. It is a it is a, a hurdle. It's an amazing process though once you as a parent, um, you know, I've been able to go back and, and thank particular people who have made such an impact um in my son's life and and just know that, that we the teachers were out there for you, the families. So we're there. We're there to to help support them in any way, shape we can. So yeah, so thank you for your time. This has been an amazing experience. I never would have considered myself doing a, a blog or a podcast several years ago. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. It's my Thank you.